What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 36 of the Gunslinger Podcast. I am your host, Nick Charles. You can head over to Instagram and follow at the Gunslinger Podcast. Or, and please head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts to listen to all the shows. We are in the Combine Week here for the NFL. Joined today to break that down and um, a lot of other topics today by Mr. Craig Riley. How are we doing today? We're doing great. F1 is back today. Can't wait. Race is about in an hour. Oh, I, I don't know anything about that. Uh, who's uh, who, uh, who we got Stapp- raised? Who's favorite? Verstappen's the favorite. Favorite to repeat as a world champ again. Uh, we'll see if anyone can catch the Red Bull team. They're starting 1-2 today in the grid. Uh, but we'll see if my boys from Ferrari can do anything. But should be fun. Season just started. It's a long season, so you never know. Is the F1 in the United States again this year? Uh, it is, yes. I believe it's in Vegas this year, Ooh. which is fun. Today's nice. Grand Prix in Bahrain. Um, and it's pretty fun. I mean, the nice thing about F1 is it's about an hour and a half once the race starts. So it's Mm. like a pretty quick, like sporting event, but Mm -hmm. it's a lot more fun. I think than like a NASCAR or an Indy car, because like, there's a lot more like takeovers, the tracks, like very different. It's like the driving's really impressive. I don't know. should be awesome. I gotcha. May I have to take a look at that once we're done here. Oh yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Well, so we'll start off with the, uh, the combine which you know really kicked off this week um i think a lot of the buzz yesterday was anthony richardson just absolutely having some of the best like physical numbers that they've ever seen at the combine a 44340 which was the third fastest ever by a quarterback he broke the broad jump record for quarterbacks and he also broke the vertical leap jump for quarterbacks i was 40 and a, 40 and a half inches and his broad jump was 10 feet 9 inches yeah, um, pretty insane, huh? Yeah, and I mean, I saw him throw. Um, I thought he looked, you know, pretty good. I mean, Bryce Young didn't throw. Stroud definitely threw the best. Um, some people said he had some of the – he might have had the best throwing day at the combine that people have ever seen. Um, well, and I think that's proven on film as well, to be honest. I think he's the best right. passer in the group. So, I mean, it makes things really interesting because, you know, obviously the Bears host the number one pick, you know, what they're going to do with it. Um, That Georgia defensive lineman, uh, Jalen Carter, is having a bunch of legal issues right now with the the accident back in January that killed um, one of his teammates and a staffer at Georgia. So all that's kind of going on, kind of impacting his stock right now. Um, Do you think the Bears are still looking at keeping that pick, or do you think they're going to trade it? No, I think they're going to trade it. I think Indianapolis is going to go up and get it, if I had to guess. I know they're, like, basically saying they're not going to, because I think they're probably going after Anthony Richardson, knowing how Ursay, like, is probably thinking, because he always kind of, you know, he'll go after, like, the guy he thinks can be the, you know, the man. Mm -hmm. But I think he's going to have to trade up, because as we've seen in the past two or three years, Whenever a quarterback does this well at the combine, they just shoot up and they go number two. Trey Lance, right. Trubisky. And, you know, I don't know. It should be interesting. I will say this. You know, obviously, they they worked out yesterday. Why in the world are quarterbacks doing the three-cone drill? I have no idea. No no clue. I mean – A lot of the shit they do at the combine, I don't get. But they've been doing it forever. Yeah, I don't know. For kind of funny. But, I mean – Honestly, his his thing. I was a little shocked at how slow Stetson Bennett was. Like I thought he'd be more in the four five range, and he was four six seven. Right. I mean, it's it's, I diff- definitely... it's different speed, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. But yep. it's oh well, just because he looks f- so much faster on film. Transit. I mean, obviously the college game it looks much different. But I mean, Tebow ran a four seven two at his 
pro at, at the combine and yeah, but Tebow's, I mean, Tebow, built, Tebow's built like a linebacker though. True. I don't know. I mean, I don't really see Bennett going much higher than a. I don't think he slips into day two. I, I mean, I'd be shocked if he went in the. I definitely don't see the second round. I mean, third round might be pushing I, it. But. I think he's probably fifth or sixth, don't you? Like, I, yeah. I mean, I think he probably gets drafted right around where Duggan's going to get drafted. But I think Duggan is more of an interesting prospect to me because I think he can play multiple positions and be a gadget guy, where Stetson Bennett sure. is a quarterback. Um, but yeah, no, Anthony Richardson did well. Obviously, he was smart to do all the stuff at the combine he did. His arm strength is ridiculous. I just worry about his like accuracy, just like we've talked about before. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, some other things that really stood out to me. There was a six foot four, two hundred and twenty pound receiver from West Virginia, Bryce Ford Wheaton is his name. Um, six four, two twenty, ran a four three eight. Um, pretty fast. He's you know obviously very big and physical. So maybe someone to keep an eye on there to jump up the boards. Um, and there's also. Um, a defensive lineman for Northwestern, I believe, 282 pounds. He ran a 43940. You're not trying to pronounce that name? Um, I'm trying to find him here. His name is Adatomawa Adabor. I don't even know. That was pretty close. I think that, that was pretty. Um, I, I will oh, say 449. This. I'm sorry, not 439. 449, though, still very impressive for 282. I, I will say pounds. this a 6'2, 240 pound defensive end should not be allowed to run a 439 in Nolan Smith. That should, no. that should physically be impossible. So the fact that he can run a sub 44 is, is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he might have helped his stock the best, I'd say. Yeah, that is the second fastest defensive end time of all time. Was it really? Yeah. Last year, wow. someone ran a four three six, Amari Barno, which is pretty impressive as well. And then Montez Sweat, who's obviously a great player, ran a four four one. So the only wow. two sub fours are yesterday and this uh, Amari Barno guy, which I, I don't think he really did a whole lot. But um, yeah. And then if for reference, Aaron Donald ran a four six eight, which also shouldn't be allowed. Right. I mean, that's worked out well. Um Obviously, I don't know if you've seen that tight end for Georgia, Darnell Washington, six foot seven, um, ran a four six five yesterday. Yeah, guys, I mean, he's physically a monster. I mean, I don't know how his game's going to transition to the NFL, but I mean, six foot seven tight end is could definitely come in handy for a lot of teams. What did I don't know if you saw any of Will Levis? I mean, what did did you see any of him yesterday? I saw some highlights, yeah, or just in general, I've seen highlights. I'm just still on this bandwagon that. I, I'm not sold that him and Anthony Richardson can throw the ball. Like, obviously they have great mm -hmm. arm strength. There's no debate there, but like the comparisons to like Josh Allen, I think are just a little overblown because the thing about these guys that like came in, like, I mean, Anthony Richardson had a little bit more success than I think Will Levis did in college, but neither one of them were that successful. And it's not like they have no. bad teams, like, especially like university of Florida, like gets recruits every year. Like if you're that good, you should be doing better. So I don't know. It's so hard for me to get behind some of these guys when they're not successful. And I get it. Sometimes, you know, you come into the NFL and you're way more successful than you are in college. But that's not like all the times true either. Like you look at like the better quarterbacks, right? Like Burrow, obviously a lot of success. Even Brady had a lot of success at Michigan once he started. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's kind of hard to like argue that. But it, it should be interesting. Yeah, I think that – I mean – the NFL draft is – it's one of the biggest gambles, I mean, in in all of sports. I mean, they're, you're trying to get a kid that's been playing at a high level 
coming out of college that you think is going to transition to the NFL. And I'll, I mean, I was so low on Joe Burrow when he came out of LSU. I was like, this kid, he played one full season basically at LSU, broke a shit ton of records. And you, I was like, we got Jamar Chase. He's got Terrence Marshall. He's got Justin Jefferson. He's got Thaddeus Moss. He's got CEH. He's had all this great talent on that LSU team. And I was like, there's no way Joe Burrow is going to be good in the NFL. I was completely dead wrong. I mean, people definitely saw something. He was the first pick in the draft, but I think, I think it's hard. I mean, the college game is obviously so much different, right? Right. Like, I mean, Kyler Murray, I mean, he was a standout player at Oklahoma. He has not been anywhere near that good in the NFL. So I think it's just hard. Baker Mayfield, I mean, same thing. Um, it's just hard. It's hard to pick quarterbacks. I think it's the hardest position. Yeah. At- and pick. So the mock draft I'm looking at right now has Levis going seven to Vegas. Um, and then Carolina taking Richardson at nine. You have to think after yesterday, Richardson probably jumped Levis. Yeah, uh, that's what Matt Miller was saying on ESPN this morning, that Richardson is definitely the third best quarterback now behind Stroud and Young. So, Do you think there's a chance, though, that someone could trade up and take Le- and take Richardson one or two because they're just scared of how small Bryce Young is? I think so. I think if – I'm not sure if I, I would imagine Richardson throwing at his at the Florida Pro Day, but um, if he continues to wow there, then I wouldn't be surprised at all if he if he was the first pick. That's I mean, kind of what I'm thinking as well. I think people get so caught up on like the the potential that they see in people because you know they saw it, you know what happened with Josh Allen. You know Patrick Mahomes was good, I'd say, um, when he was at Texas Tech, but like. Did anybody really think he was should have been like what was he like the ninth or tenth pick in that in the draft that yeah. Kansas City traded up for? Right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you you were obviously you know living down there, but I didn't know much. I only I only knew because all. he was always on TV, and he like had that those two games in college like back to back where he put up like five hundred yards passing, and mm. it, he was like clearly the only good player on the team. Right. I don't know. I mean. It's tricky. I mean, yeah, you know, like you talked about Carson Wentz went second. He had a couple good years in the NFL, then fell off terrible right. now. Um, it's like you just got to guess and hope that it hits. I mean, if if it was me, I would pick Stroud or Young just because, I mean, Stroud I think is the best passer in the draft, but I just think Young is just – I think he's just special, and I think he's, he's less of a risk than Anthony Richardson in my I, opinion. I, I, I would also take Bryce Young first. I know I've been saying I would take Stroud because I, I do think Stroud's a better passer. Like, I'll stand by that. But I think you take Bryce Young because I think he has the ability to be a complete game changer like a Kyler Murray. And, you know, Kyler Murray gets a lot of hate. And I get it, right? Like, he's so mm-hmm. much more talented than what he puts on the field. But also, it's not like he's a complete, like, failure at quarterback in the NFL. Like, he's had multiple successful seasons in the NFL. And I just... I, I don't know. I think Cliff was a pretty bad coach overall. I think mm-hmm. he's a good offensive coach. I just don't think he's like a great like NFL mind for like making a team better. Right. I agree. I think, yeah, he would definitely be best suited as an offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach somewhere. Well, and it's like, it, again, like you look at his success at Tech, there was no su- success there either. So it's right. kind of like confusing how he even got that gig in the first place. But, you know, People always like, oh, like Bryce Young's next Kyler as a bad thing. It's like, all right, well, I mean, is that really that bad of a thing? Like, I I don't think it's like, I don't think it's as bad as people say it's going to be. 
I, I guess is my point. Like Kyler has never thrown for over 4,000 yards, but he's been close and he's had a few seasons over 500 rushing yards and he mm. throws touchdowns and yeah, he has a great offense, no doubt, but I don't know. I think you go in the right situation. Bryce Young could be really good. Yeah. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think Kyler Murray is like terrible. I just think his attitude no, I completely really agree. affects right. his ability to perform, but he can definitely throw the ball. I mean, but no again, the problem with that. Kyler as well is like he always kind of does that threat of like, oh, I could always go play baseball. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, then he's not fully concentrated. And I think Bryce Young mentally is different because he comes from Bama and not from a Lincoln Riley system. For sure. Um, Bijan Robinson, the running back for Texas, is testing today, um, as well as the offense. I think it's that running back. That dude is a game changer. How high do you think he could go? I think he could go top five. They're saying that the Eagles are going to try to trade up for him because they have that's all. The, they have all the picks. That would be absolutely terrifying if they got him. Um, I think he, I mean, we basically, Texas is always on every weekend here. Right. Mm-hmm. So he is unbelievably good. I think, mm-hmm. um, the problem with running backs that early is you basically have to have like a Zeke like first year for it to be worth right. it. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, you're paying for a running back in the top five, which is like, not, you know, expensive in terms of rookies, but it's not expensive in terms of running backs. So I think that you could see a shift here of taking running backs earlier than normal, like in like going forward, because why not? Like you're, you know, at, then you let them go after four years. You don't sign them if they're not, if they're kind of downturning and then that's it. Right. And you could honestly, I mean, first round picks have all of that fifth year option too. So I feel like that's even more beneficial that you could just give somebody the fifth year option right? As exactly. a, on the rookie deal. And then they will be 26 years old or whatever when that, contracts finally up and most running backs at that point aren't good after that anyway so i yeah. mean it could definitely make they, sense to start taking them earlier espn has Bijan ranked nine now mm-hmm. does he go top 10 i don't know like I, I could see him falling but man if the eagles like let's say traded up and got got him at some point that is scary it would definitely i mean they definitely need a running back their running back room looks pretty empty my, I mean, they're talking about Kenneth Gainwell being a lead back, which I don't have an issue with that. I don't know if he can be a lead back in the sounds sounds a lot him. better with Bijan and Kenneth Gainwell yeah. as your lead backs. That's for damn sure. Oh, um, I'll tell you the guy that I'm really looking forward to where he goes is Quentin Johnson from TCU. Mm-hmm. That dude is a stud. I see. I don't. I obviously heard about him all year, and then I saw him get completely shut out by Georgia in the national championship game. So I don't know anything. About yeah, you him. got you got to think though. Duggan is not an NFL quarterback. Like mm-hmm. Quentin Johnson. Like there was a few games that Quentin Johnson would go win by himself, basically. Like he okay. would take screens and just go all the way. Um, so he's 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 big too, isn't he? He's six, huge. Four six yeah. six. He's big. Yeah. So he is. Uh, let me try to find it. Uh, just so we have it, but uh, he is—he's massive. He can absolutely burn, and he's like that weird, like Hopkins speed, if that makes sense. Where he's like, mm-hmm. he doesn't look fast, but he definitely is fast. Um, okay. He is six three two oh eight. So he's big, big boy, big his receiver. Verticals forty point five, and his broads eleven two. Anthony Richardson measure right there with him. Maybe you should switch positions. I know, right? Um, his athleticism score right now is he's ranked first. But I don't know. I think he could be really good. But I, it's hard, you know, 
the one position I normally don't get right in terms of like looking at these guys is, is receivers. Like I, you know, I thought Jahan Dotson was going to be like amazing. And then he just never did anything. But again, it's all about the quarterback that you get drafted to. Right. I think Dot. I mean, Dotson had a, a good year. I thought, I mean, he started off yeah. really strong and then, I mean, the quarterback situation obviously didn't help. So no, definitely maybe not. That, that might change. Um, I don't know how true this is, but I keep hearing rumors that Lamar Jackson is being is going to the Commanders. Have you heard? I have, have you heard anything. Um, do you like that? I mean, I like it for the Commanders. Uh, I like I don't, it for keeping out of the AFC. Yeah, for sure. I just don't know what they're 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 in trouble, right? Like, I don't know what they should do because if they let's say they go out and they're like, okay, like we're gonna trade them. Well, your whole offense is built around Lamar. So how long is this rebuilding going to take? And now you're dealing with your own receiver and Rashawn Bateman basically calling out your GM because the GM called out all the receivers. Right. When it's clearly not the receiver's fault. No, they don't run plays to the receivers. Like it's like it's it's incredible. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a, it would be a great move for the commanders. I think like Lamar with that kind of like backfield and both of those running backs plus like those receivers man that is scary well that and i mean everyone always gives the enemy shit because he never dialed up any of the passing plays at kansas city and they said he was basically only involved in the running game but i mean if you put lamar jackson in his in the enemy's running scheme that sounds yeah i would love to know i would love for someone to do a book on the dynamics of how that coaching went for the for these like years because that doesn't make any sense to me so what they were basically bought basically they were deciding oh it's a runner or pass and then if it was a pass reed was calling the plays and if it was a run the enemy was calling the plays like that's what shady mccoy made it sound like i know but how weird is that like the level of like planning that would have to go into that is incredible yeah, I, I mean, I think there might be a little bit of truth to it that Reed did I, more I, the designing of the off, the passing plays. But Well, he's also, I mean, arguably like the biggest offensive genius in like our era. Yeah, Andy for Reed, sure. Right. Like he basically mm-hmm. like I mean, motion was there before him, but he's basically like completed like the, the transition to how motion changes an offense because like he's so good at it. And right. I, I think two minute drills, probably all Reed. He probably constructs the entire play calls for Mahomes. I, I definitely agree sure. with that, but yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has Quentin Johnson going number 12 to the Texans. Um, so I don't know. Who's a, who does have the Patriots taking right now? Not an offensive lineman. Well, we are, we already know we're going to trade that. Yeah. Like, uh, pa- anyway, Paris so. Johnson, six six three ten. Mm, Ohio state. I like yeah. that, but yeah. I know we won't keep it. So it's nah, I mean, that, we'll, that, we'll be trade. We'll, we'll have six, uh, six, six round picks build, build <laughs> from there. Um, and then, uh, did you see that the Pittsburgh receiver was telling Kenny Pickett to come get him? Uh, yeah, Addison. He played yeah. with Caleb Williams this last year at USC. I did see that. I love that. I mean, the Steelers are, no- I mean, notorious for jumping on receivers in the draft. So I wouldn't be shocked. No. I feel uh, like they have bigger needs now. But... This mock draft has Bijan going 30 to the Eagles. Jeez. So Eagles have three first rounders this year. Is that right? Uh, or two. They have uh, this. Uh, they might be. Tra- oh, they have two. So they have their Saint, the Saints pick, and their own pick. Yeah, which is the tenth pick. 
Damn it. I don't think Bijan's going to go that long, but. No, I think someone takes him. I mean, honestly, the Patriots should take him at 14 if, like, you know, just to get another, you know, if Damian Harris were not re signing. Yeah, I was just going to talk about that. So uh, Hoyer's been informed he's getting cut, which kind of, you know, sad. He's been around the Patriots. Yeah, for... he'll, be, he'll be back by he'll be back by November. Right. Um, I think he's going to be a future head coach in the league. I do, too. I think he's he's been around a lot of good football in New England and learned from a lot of good people. Um, sounds like we're not resigning Myers or Damian Harris. Well, um, did you see how much Jacoby well, Myers is looking to get paid? It's 18 uh, to 20. That, well, I mean, that's not happening in New England. I mean, I don't even know how that's happening for him, but he's the best receiver available. What a year for him yeah. to hit the market. That's true. Yeah. I think we were talking about that last week. There yeah. are no receivers in this free agency class. Yeah. No. Um, um, but yeah, not resigning him. Yeah. Jonathan Jones. It sounds like we might bring him back. He, he wants to be in New England. Um, and I think that would be, we need, I think we should bring him back and, if if Miles Bryant is starting in the as a third corner next year over Jonathan Jones, I'm going to lose my mind. So I I'll think he's going to. So just well, he's a free agent as well. So Bill better not resign him. Yeah, he'll he'll have a reason to resign him. You know, Bill. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I mean, looking at the receivers now, I mean, Odell is still on this list for top receivers. Paris Campbell is on the top seven receivers. That's how bad it is this offseason. Uh, DJ Chark. He did pick a Lazard. good year to start playing well, though. Paris Campbell. <laughs> yep. You know, it's 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 hilarious how that always seems to happen in their contract year. I mean, Slayton's on this list too. I thought he had a good year for the Giants. I mean, yeah. they had a ton ton of injuries, obviously. And Kenny Galladay um, is either he is getting dropped or he's been dropped already. I saw so um, maybe that name that one that one list, did not work out for them. No, it did not. I mean. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't. We could talk all day about this, but just transition a little bit. Uh, the NHL Bruins have won what ten in a row now. They've won ten in a row. Uh, yesterday they played great. The only thing with the Bruins now, which is a little concerning, is they got some injuries. They got to figure out. Um, but I, I mean, I think they're going to be okay, right? I I mean, they just Taylor Hall is now on the injured reserve. Nick Foligno's on the injured reserve, and Marchand took a bump, but he played yesterday, so I I guess he's fine. Um, mm-hmm. But they made another good trade with to to get Bertuzzi. I loved that move, and now it looks even better because we have two you know wingers out right, uh, and I just love it. I love the the tenacity that Hathaway and Bertuzzi bring. I think it's something that we need for the playoffs because I think that we kind of get bullied around in the playoffs sometimes. Mm-hmm. And Dmitry or- Orlov looks like Bobby Orr out there now. He's just scoring goals and getting assists every game. So I mean that might be the trade of a century at this point. So. I don't know, super interesting. And the nice thing with all these trades is they now have seven defensemen that can play at any time. So they're rotating the bottom four or the bottom mm-hmm. three, really, but it's four, including the rotation guy, uh, and getting everyone rest, which is nice. And once Hall and Felino come back, you're basically two wingers deep as well for the playoffs. So you can kind of do the same thing. And the two guys you would bring in are kind of like hard nose, like we're going to go hit people, which is good for the games that you need like that lift. So I love everything they've done. If the playoffs started today, who would we be playing in the first round? We would have the Penguins. Yeah, I just saw that. That would not. I don't like that. Uh, they have no goaltending. I yeah, but they, yeah, so I mean, you kid. don't want to face Sid. I get it. Like, it, it, I you know, I'm not saying we do want to face Sid, but they don't have a goal. They don't have a goalie. Yeah, I mean. 
So they, they've I'm almost assuming. given up 200 goals against. We've given up 132 for reference. Yeah, 105 goal differential is insane. Well, I mean, there. Are, so I think in the next 15 games, or whatever's left, they need to win 15 yep. more to break the points record, or something along those lines. Um, now, people could argue that because we get overtime points, it's like not really accurate, which is fine. Like, I mean, I think that that argue, it's the same argument at NFL, right? Like stats mm-hmm. in a 17 game season is not the same as like a 16 game. And I think those that's a completely valid argument. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's unbelievable what they're doing. For sure. I mean, this I mean, I know we, we were talking about it. They, they're kind of going all in right now. Um, they have a ton of free agents. You had mentioned they re-signed yep. Pasta, which was huge i mean he's what like a top two oh. or three goal scorer in the nhl well, right yeah now. right now he's the second best i think right. overall he's definitely top three i mean i immediately bought a jersey once he resigned because <laughs> i was just waiting for him to sign the sign the extension right before i bought yep. the jersey and now that you know he did but bergeron's probably retiring in the next one to two years Krejci's probably retiring in the next one to two years we have i think like six offensive free agents so okay. we're going all in and you have to. I mean, this is the year to do it. I'm honestly surprised this this group has been able to stay together this long. And yeah. I mean, I know. I mean, we were talking about it. I feel like the like the last like three or four years, it's like they're. I mean, they have to win one of these years, and they just they kept coming it's, up short. It's the magic of changing um, coaches, and you mm-hmm. see it in every sport, right? Like you have a veteran team who's not performing well under one coach. You change coaches and all of a sudden they're a new team. And I think it's just that you get a different person in the locker room to tell you what to do. And it completely changes your whole mindset. Right. And you see, it in every, you see it in every sport, don't you? I mean, it's crazy mm-hmm. how that works. Right. But yeah, I, I don't a, know. A great finish here. Um, yeah. The, the only team I'm worried about is the Rangers who we played yesterday. Tampa's lost four straight. Um, interesting there. I don't know. It seems like Vasilevsky's not been playing as well. He hasn't, um, but year. once they make the playoffs, you never know. Well, hopefully the Bruins can get out. They can get through some quick series. Um, hopefully they're not prolonging anything early on in the playoffs. Um, get some sweeps and get some rest to really make a push towards that Stanley because we, we all know we need it here in Boston. We do. We do. It's been, it's been too long. It's been too long for them. It's been too long for all the sports teams. Um, some NBA um, news. Obviously, you know, Durant's on the Suns. You are big. You know, you think the Suns are like the favorite in the West, right? Yeah, I do. They played Dallas today, I'm pretty sure. And I know we had talked about that last week, about that matchup in the playoffs, how crazy that could be. Oh, I can't. Um, I hope it is for sure. Games in Dallas on ABC today, one o'clock Eastern. Who, who do you like to win uh, that one? Well, you know, I was doing a little research yesterday, and Dallas has um has twelve games in a row. They've given up more than one hundred and ten points. Okay. So I'm taking Phoenix. Okay. I I, I think it's gonna be a good game though. I think Luca and Kyrie could both go off, but it seems basically that Luca and Kyrie need to score ninety points for them to win a game. I mean, they don't have much else after all those those trades. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, they have Christian it. Wood. They just don't play him. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I can't figure sure it why. out. I mean, no one here can figure it out. They talk about it basically every day on the radio about how he must be the worst defensive player of all time for them not to use him more. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
but they're yeah. giving up 126 points anyway, so he can't be that bad. Right. I don't know. I mean, when they when when they traded to get Kyrie, I mean, it's the Kyrie and Luca show now. That's it. I don't yeah. think it really matters who else they have out there. They had 82 of the 133 in their that's win a, against the Sixers. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that's a – there was only two other players in double digits. One was Christian Wood off 14 minutes, and one was Reggie Bullock who shot 10 threes. So, Must be such a nice role to just be able to jack threes. Yeah. The, it's kind of like, like me and intramurals, right? Right, for sure. The one thing that's interesting about like the NBA now is LeBron really did kind of just change the entire league on how you set up your role players. Because before, I feel like role players were there to play defense and to like maybe like just score points here and there. But now all a good role player is is he hits threes. Right. It's for such sure. an interesting like concept of like how it's changed. Like the NBA has probably had the most significant change in how personnel is used i think of any of the four major sports i agree probably started with what like mike miller in miami days yeah 100 percent. yeah i mean like that just the fact that like you're just gonna have guys sit out on the three-point line and just hit like imagine if reggie miller was playing whenever people were just jacking up threes this much <laughs> i mean he yeah it's crazy he, it's crazy yeah the game is definitely I, I mean i think curry gets a ton of like the credit or whatever you want to say for why the league has changed yeah, cre- credit or the other word. Like, you know, he gets the flack for it too, because some people right. hate it. Right. For um, sure. I don't know. It's crazy. I think the NBA is going to have an awesome postseason, though. I do too. I mean, looking at some of these races. Um, so Curry, he's missed some games. He comes, he's supposed to play today for golden state. They play the Lakers. Um, the Lakers are still a game out of the play in tournament. Um, that I mean, could easily change. I mean, new Orleans is, um, you know, kind of right there, Utah. Utah probably doesn't belong in there. They might drop out. Um, but I think, I think Minnesota could go on a bad spell and, like, drop out as well. I know they've won three straight, but you never know. It's crazy to me that the Lakers are still this bad. Yeah, I don't know. There's, I mean, obviously LeBron's out. Um, I think he's made the most surprise that Golden State's won five in a row without Curry. I mean, you look at their home and road splits are absolutely terrible. Right. But – um, you know, we'll see how they play in LA today. I think some of the biggest news, you know, in the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee lost last night finally. The Sixers took them down. Um, Harden and then Yeah, it, it just took 133 points for them to finally lose, right. though. Right. Um, and I mean, I'm not worried about the Sixers if I, you know, as a Celtics fan, the Celtics, you know, they absolutely pissed that game away to the Nets the other night, which. Really sucked to tw- blow a twenty-eight point lead and then lose by ten. I mean, that's that's just bad basketball down the stretch. Agreed. Um, yeah, hundred percent. But if they can, you know, you know, uh, Brogdon, Robert Williams, they get everybody healthy. I think they'll be fine. Um, the Knicks have won eight straight, which is, you know, kind of weird. The Knicks are, I mean, the Knicks, but maybe Jalen Brunson and Randall are turning around. Um, well, Jalen Brunson is on a different level right now. He is he playing is. really well. And so is Randall, obviously. But Brunson is like, it's looking like that signing of Brunson, which I think a lot of people are pretty critical on how much money they gave him, is mm-hmm. looking like it was a good idea. I'm pretty sure me and you were both on the side of that. It was a crazy amount of money for him to be making. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I thought the, the Mavs like lucked out by him getting signed away because it was so much money. And now it's like, 
I don't, I mean, the dude's definitely proven me wrong. That's for sure. I mean, he went off the other day and yes, uh, the, the last game, he went 25, eight and two. And uh, I, he looks like a perfect compliment for Randall and Barrett. Yeah. Team of lefties. Yeah. If, if only they could ever get Obi Toppin to like figure out how to play yeah. basketball again, that would be, that would be good for them. Yeah. That would definitely help. Um, I want to get your, I mean, I'm sure you, you know what's going on with John Morant. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know what they're what what they're gonna do because that's pretty bad. I mean, I, I yeah, he's gonna miss two games, right? I don't know how mm. he's not suspended for the rest of the season. I, I you know what mm. I mean? Like that's pretty bad. I think it it makes it even worse because the story just came out what like a few days before that that he like beat some seventeen year old up in a basketball game at his house. And then right. he like came out like with a gun in his pants. Yeah, this is John Morant, and then like a few days later, he's at a club waving a gun around on, on you know, on social yeah, media. He's Just lucky stupid. he didn't plaxico burst himself and shoot himself in the leg. You know, like uh, it's, for sure, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, obviously, there's a maturity level issue there. And what's what's really sad about this whole situation is that like Memphis is so good, and they've ne- mm. like this is easily the best Memphis teams we've ever seen, right? Right. You know. And he's just, I don't know. I don't know what they do. I mean, do you, I know Memphis is probably like, well, we, we need him for the playoffs because Tyus Jones isn't going to bring us there. But at the same time, like it's such a distraction. Yeah. I mean, I, Morant yesterday came out and said he was going to take off some extended time. So, I mean, he might miss more than two games, but I mean, regardless of all that, Brandon Clark tore his Achilles on Friday, so he's out for right. the season for them. That's a, I mean, that's a big loss. Um, so I'm not sure if they had it in them. I mean, they definitely had a great team this year. Well, no about Dylan it. Brooks, Dylan Brooks is out. I believe Stephen Adams is also out. They're they are dealing with a plethora of injuries and bad decisions right now. For sure. I mean, in it, I mean, it all comes down to matchups, you know, as as we know in the playoffs. So, I mean, right. anything could change, but. Um, right. And I'll tell you what, they, you know, the way that they play, they do not want to face a Golden State or someone who can shoot threes because the way that they like to play is, you know, that quick pace, like we're going to go up and try to defend. The problem is you can't do that if people are jacking up threes. Right. I don't think anybody wants to play Golden State. I, well, I mean, why would, why would you want to play Poole, Thompson, and Curry in a seven game series yeah and then just throwing Wiggins whenever he becomes playoff <laughs> Wiggins that he's the best wing player in the league right is he becomes the best defense three and D player yeah I mean if he the dude like you know is what he always should have been in the playoffs it's the weirdest thing of all time but hey some people are like that for sure um finally we're going to transition over here to college basketball which you know we're obviously coming up on the selection Sunday is next weekend um there was a lot of upsets yesterday, I'll say. Um, yes. And we had a – the Ohio Valley already had their championship game yesterday, which there was madness there. I'll start off with that. So Tennessee Tech was down by seven or eight points with like a minute left. I think they were down seven. They came all the way back to take the lead with 14 seconds left. And then they fouled Southeast Missouri um, on a three-pointer. So they – Southeast Missouri went up two. With two seconds left, Tennessee Tech hit a buzzer beater to send it to overtime um, and then ended up losing. But so Southeast um, Missouri is in the tournament already. Um, Kind of weird that, you know, a whole week before, but they were the five seed going into that. So 
19 and 16. Moorhead State was the the favorite. They are definitely not going to make the tournament now. So a 19 and 16 team, you have them as what? Definitely a 16 seed. It has to be a 16 seed, yeah. I mean, I mean, where else do you put them? Right. Um, the team that I am extremely high on, I've been high on them um, for a while, is Oral Roberts. Yeah. They're tw- 28 and four right now. They're in their conference tournament. Um, they played the quarterfinal yesterday. So if they win, um, I think they played Monday next, I want to say. Uh, yeah, so they, they win Monday, and then whenever the championship game is, they I mean, they'd be a 30-win team going into the tournament as a conference winner. So, I mean, a 30-win team, and they're most likely going to be what, like a 12 seed? Uh, more than likely, yeah. Uh, that's pretty That's pretty scary. I mean, I'm, I'm, taking, them first, I'm taking them first round to win. Yeah, they are they are really talented. They shoot like thirty seven percent from deep, seventy seven percent from the line. Their best player, he shoots ninety one percent from it, the free, free right throw line. Right now, it look if if it stood the way that you know your boy uh, Lenardi has it, which mm. it never is, they right. would play St. Mary's twelve five. Yeah, I'd take Oral Roberts all day. They might be the favorite in that game by the end for Vegas. Yeah, it might be better to take St. Mary's on the money line that's how that's how sad that is true um so some bigger news yesterday so alabama lost um baylor lost which you know i was the big 12 it, i have no idea well, how and can, te- and texas smashed kansas right and you know we talked about texas could possibly get into you know like a top you know one seed i don't think they could be a one seed now but, you know, I'll be interested to see where these teams are ranked prior to the conference tournament starting this so week. every single favorite lost yesterday in the Big 12. Minus Which is Oklahoma insane. State. They probably – they are the better team. But Texas won. There's no way they uh, – they might have been the favorite at home. But anyway, that 9-3 matchup, they – you know, three should win. They were – tech. yeah, they were four-point favorites. Okay, so – but they, you know, still 3-9 matchup, Kansas being the three. Iowa mm-hmm. State, not ranked. West Virginia, right. not ranked. Oklahoma, another big win for Oklahoma, who's 15-16 and 16 and just, like, continues <laughs> to get wins. Um, craziness. That, like, Oklahoma is going to be the last seed in the, the Big, big 12. 12 tournament. Right. And if they could honestly win – I mean, how many teams there are? Ten? Yeah. So, I mean, they probably have to make it to the finals. So, like, let's say they won three games. Would you put them in? But but base, you have to base off, like, look, the teams that they'd probably be beating are, like, Kansas, Texas, Kansas State, Baylor, like, all these top ten teams in the country. Okay, so they have one more game. Or is the 3-8 is at the beginning of the conference? That should be the beginning of the conference tournament, right? Uh, Yeah. Okay, so they play Oklahoma State first. So let's say they beat Oklahoma State. So now they're 16 and 16. I mean, yeah, I mean, if they won. Uh, yeah, and then the next game would be against a top 10 team in the country. Probably one they've already beat because they seem to beat every single ranked team in the Big 12. I don't know. It's definitely – it. I have no idea how to read that. Um, the Big 12 is completely up in the air. I, I'd be very I, – I, if Texas goes out and wins the Big 12, I think they could find themselves in – a two seed or maybe even like one of the last one seeds, depending on what happens um, at the top. What, I what's think... crazy is Lenardi has 10 big 10 teams in, but only seven big 12 teams in. 
10 Big Ten teams? Yeah. Jeez. But, like, why – like, West Virginia is 18 and 13. Like, why aren't they in? Yeah, and they've, they've won some good games here down the stretch. Yeah, that's a little weird. I don't Huggy, know. Huggy Bear, he's still there, right? Uh, probably. I, I think he's. <laughs> I think he's never leaving that court. I mean, I don't know. I think the Big Ten is always so overrated. I completely agree. I think. I think Purdue is going to really find themselves in a in a struggle early on. If they, not, I mean, round one, they're probably going to be up against like a 15, so probably not there. But round two, I think they could really be in trouble. Yeah, I mean, Zach Eady's going to win the the wooden, and then he's going to be out in the second round. Yep, for sure. I guess what happened with uh, Garza for Iowa, what, last year, I think? Oh, yeah, because – They were out and they we, lost in the first round. We think we talk about this every year. We talked about it last week. You you have to have guard play in the tournament. The, the games are too fast-paced, and threes are too important that unless your big man – is hitting threes or completely dominating? It's right. it, it's you can't set up offenses in the in the tournament because the defense is just so much more. Right, I agree. And if one of them, if you're down right and you don't get the rebound, and they go down and start hitting threes, you just go into full panic mode. Be like, oh man, like we can't keep trading threes for twos. We're gonna have to start jacking up threes, and then you just go in a hole. For sure. I mean, I definitely agree. Guard play is, is key. Um, and UCLA, Arizona last night, finished 17-0 and at home. Um, they have a ton of, you know, senior guards on that team. And I think UCLA, with that win, basically put themselves in a one seed in the tournament. Yeah, I um, agree. No, regardless of what happens in the Pac-12. So, um, I really like UCLA of size and I thought that was going to be a problem for them against Arizona last night but the guard like you know like you just said the guards are are key this time of year and that's what UCLA has so yeah definitely a team to watch out for I think UCLA could do some damage mm-hmm. um for sure the SEC Tennessee lost like I feel like not even what a month ago they were like talked about as one of the best teams in the country and they just like hit a brick wall um well typical for them this is what they do Right. So I'm not really sure about them. Kentucky's been kind of up and down all year. The SEC as a whole, I don't think has been kind of, they were kind of beating each other back and forth and it kind of steadied out here down the stretch, but. Well, Lenardi has eight SEC teams in. Don't, don't, there's how. um, He doesn't have Florida in, does he? Uh, Let me check. Yeah. Six, they're 16 and 15. There's no way. But they're like seventh in the SEC uh, or eighth. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, A&M, they won a big one against Alabama. So that'll um, – It doesn't nice. look like he has Florida in. He has Mississippi State in. Mm. He has Missouri in. Uh, I'm just kind of going, going through and looking for it. Um, Kentucky's in. Arkansas's in, Tennessee's in, A&M's in, Auburn's Damn. in. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know, that's, I mean, that's a lot of teams in the SEC, which I think, I, how do you put all of them in over Oklahoma? I mean, I wouldn't. His, I so think- his last four in are Mississippi State, Nevada, Wisconsin, Penn State. 
in his first four out are Utah State, Clemson, Oklahoma State, which is ridiculous, I think, and Arizona State. And then his next four out is Michigan, North Carolina, Vanderbilt, Oregon. As far as Vanderbilt's even like that in that tier. Man, he really rates the SEC. Because like to me, right, like is I don't see how you put Mississippi State in over North Carolina, and it doesn't even seem like people are even considering that. No, and this this is my problem with – I don't know if they need to expand the field, but if, if you're in a major conference, like, you know, the five major conferences, and right. you win 20, 20 games, you need to be in the tournament. I, right. I mean, Arizona State's 20-11. and 11. They're above 500 in the Pac-12. They beat Arizona this year, I'm pretty sure. Right. They – they should be in the tournament. Right. I mean, because like you look at these other like, like let's why, say, uh, no offense to Nevada, but why is Nevada in and they're fourth in the Mountain West? Right. And let's say like Oral Roberts loses the summit, right? They lose their conference tournament. They're probably not getting in the in the NCAA tournament. Right. Which would be shitty because they'd be 28 or 20 in as an at large. Yeah, but, like, so, that's just right. how it goes. So, to your point about the 20 wins, Rutgers, who is ninth in the Big Ten, is is in right now. How many wins do they have? 18. They're 18 and 12. See, so, like, how do you put them in and not put Arizona State in? And they do not have a top 25 win. No, they have one. They beat Purdue. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't. I mean, I've never been a fan of Lenardi, obviously, but yeah, but um, he usually is pretty accurate. Like right. he only usually misses one or two. So, but it's all about to me, right? It's the same thing that you know. It's kind of the same thing as college basketball. Like, man, you're really not going to put North Carolina in. Like, why would you do that? It's such a big draw. Yeah, I mean, I think the ACC has been really hard this year. Duke's obviously playing really good. They won like six straight, swept UNC, which was big for right. them. Um. I don't know. I mean, the I, how many ACC teams does he have in? Like five? Five. Yeah. And, I mean, you're looking at Miami, obviously, Virginia, Duke, Pitt. Uh, and then, who's the and, other and one? NC State. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, UNC's 19 and 12. But, again, I mean, if UNC goes on a run in Greensboro this week it, and wins yeah, some games. I guess my question is, why is a win against Purdue that much more rated than a win against Virginia? It shouldn't be. Right, but he rates the Big Ten. They always do. The Big Ten, I think, to them is the best conference in basketball. You could definitely argue that it is. I think it's the Big 12, and I don't think it's close. Also, like right. three Mountain West teams in seems like a lot. So who who is it out of there? San Diego State, Utah State, and Nevada. That's so bad. Uh, yeah. So, so boy, is Boise not in? Uh, it doesn't look like it, now. Tw- 23 and 8. And they're oh Boise State is in, so someone else is so, out. Oh, so Utah so, State must not be in. They're twenty four and seven. There's they got four teams with twenty two wins or more in that in the Mountain West, but yeah, maybe this breakdown's wrong because it looks like all four of them are in Nevada as well. So it looks like they have four. Oh, he's not counting um the play-ins, the last mm, four in. Gotcha. So Nevada is in. So it's four Mountain West teams. Which also means it's nine SEC teams. I don't. And 11, don't 11 Big Ten teams. I don't know. How many are in the Big Ten? 12? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I don't know. Might be 14, actually. 
I mean, you know, obviously a lot's going to be decided here, um, you know, this week with the, the tournaments, you know, people will get knocked, you know, put in, knocked out. Um, Someone's going to win a, a, a big tournament that they shouldn't win, knock someone else out. And sure. yeah, uh, Penn State, for reference, and Rutgers are both 18 and 12. And both of them are in as of now. That's Penn State is not good this year. That is that's bad. Um, I'll, I'll switch gears a little bit. Um, Antoine Davis, um, the guard for Detroit Mercy, he finished his college career the other night, um, three points shy of tying Pistol Pete Maravich's all-time scoring record in college basketball. Um, he's definitely that was in their conference tournament, so they're they're like below five hundred, so they're not going to be in the NIT or anything like that. I don't think so. I, I think it's official that his um, career is over. I mean, it's coming that far and falling, you know, three points short of tying it's the record. Crazy, isn't how, it? how bad does that suck? Oh, it's, they should put him in the NIT just so he can break it. I agree. I agree. I mean, the kid, I mean, I was looking at it this morning. So the three point game has obviously changed college basketball. He's made like 588, three-pointers or something and the three-pointer wasn't even a thing like it wasn't even like a a part of the game when pistol pete set the record yeah which is crazy when you think about that and he also he did it record is like over like an 80 it's like over like 80 something games he averaged like 44 points a game back um when he was playing in college which is just and these guys i think antoine davis was like 140 something games played so i think the record that maravich holds even if it's ever broken it's you know hard to say you know is the new record holder really better than what pistol pete did um and the answer is probably not no right right but also like yeah that's crazy so 43.8 44.2 44.5 were his Um, average points per game he scored more than 60 points in four games hitting 69 against bama he that's, was a, that's, that's that's pretty good. That's how you get a nickname, Pistol. That's for sure. So he played what three? It was only three seasons. Yeah, yeah, 80, 83 games played. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, you know, obviously some people have come close to the record, but you know, three point shy. Heartbreaking for him. Well, definitely staying. And I think he went like four or 16 from three in his last his last game. So, yeah, he was pushing for it, though, which for was sure. probably a mistake. He probably should have just played normal and he probably would have hit it. But also, like, I'm not that caliber of athlete. So, no, no, no shade at all. You're just a jersey stopper. Yeah. Well, that's true. I'm the intramural basketball champ. Well, should be champ. Yeah. But we'll get that's for another day. Yeah. Um, all right, well, that's all I got. Oh, I actually got, you know, try to get back on this. I did throw a prize picks together for today. Oh, absolutely. Hit me with it. Because, you know, it's this. I threw it's a big one, a six-legger. Um, I took Zach Eady over 12 rebounds. Okay. Um, Mikel Bridges, this seems like a lot of points, 22 and a half. He's scoring them right now, though. He is, and they're playing Charlotte, and Charlotte is just god-awful. So I took his over there. Um, his teammate, Finney Smith, over nine and a half points. Um, I think that's pretty low, I and mean, he shoots the corner three about as good as anybody in the NBA. So, yeah. um, I think he could definitely hit that. I think the Mavs are wishing they didn't trade him. I think so. Um, Tatum's it's only twenty eight and a half points. It seems very low. I know he's struggled a lot since he he's got to come out of a funk here eventually. So, hey, um, I'd rather him struggling now than in the postseason. But I do think he's going to break out here soon. 
Yeah. Um, I took Nathan McKinnon to score a goal today against Seattle. Oof, that's a tough one, but he could do it easily. It is, but his his shots on goal prop was like four and a half. So I think many shots on goal. I think maybe at least one of them will get in. Right. Um, kind of you know risky, but you no, know, had to throw him in there. And then I threw Kyrie in at three and a half free throws made. Oh, I don't know. I think that seems a little low for him. Yeah. So that's of what course, I got. Of course, this could be a uh, a no foul situation to where basically everyone's just going down and shooting threes. It could be that, or you know, you there. I think there might be some bad blood between Durant and Kyrie, so you could see Durant just come over and throw like a haymaker. Well, on. and you know, you got to remember, Luca is a uh, Devin Booker's daddy. <laughs> yeah, it should be a good game. I'll try to try to catch it when I'm in the airport. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. Uh, and then the only other thing I was going to talk about real quick, obviously, big UFC last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Jones came back and absolutely outclassed Serial Gone. Uh, the dude went up a weight class. Uh, everyone was kind of making fun of him for like putting on 40 pounds and thinking he was going to get rocked. He out absolutely, you know, beat the brakes off the dude, submitted him within the first two minutes. So now you're looking at John Jones versus Stipe Miocic. And then after that, the the hope would be that Jones probably beats Stipe and Francis Naganu comes back for the big battle. But uh, unbelievable last night that John Jones, who hasn't fought in three years, comes back and absolutely just outclasses his opponent. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, Chandler Jones's brother, right? And Arthur Jones. Yeah, they were all there. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Jones still looks like he's the smallest of the three. So imagine raising those boys up. Well, apparent Chandler is very adamant in saying that he still thinks he could beat John Jones in the octagon, just like he <laughs> beat him when he was kids. And I know Arthur Jones said that uh, he just sits on both of them when they fight. Arthur Jones, obviously, the I'm, defensive tackle from yeah, the Ravens. That I'm dude, uh, not surprised. Yeah, I mean, like, I think uh, both of them would get put in their place pretty quick by the by that by that brother. And then the other big fight of the night is uh, Grasso beat Shevchenko, which is a huge upset. Shevchenko was a plus eight fifty favorite, so anyone who took Grasso wow. um, for money line there probably came out really well. So that was a uh, that was one of the bigger upsets I've ever seen in the UFC. Gotta love it. We hit out. Yeah. I think we hit. Uh, Almost everything today. Oh, real quick as well. The Red Sox are five and zero in spring training. So yeah, they're they're gonna coming. be last. In, they're gonna be last in the East come come the MLB. But you know, it's great to see that they're doing something <laughs> in spring training. We have no pitching. It's it's no, but you don't bad. you don't need it with the pitch clock now. Wow, the pitch clock thing is hilarious. I kind of love it, but I think it's like an absolute clown show right now. There's um, a, a dude struck somebody out in twenty five seconds the other night. Yeah. Three pitches, 25 seconds over with. I mean, it's great. Our, our pitchers are Chris Sale, who can't stay healthy. Corey Kluber, who is okay. Nick Pavetta, who is our fifth. Garrett Whitlock and James Paxton. I mean, that's just that's just not what you need. Uh, all that, you know, be a great yeah. staff. But yeah. yeah. And then we have the guy that, you know, we signed the uh, uh, Yoshida from Japan. Mm. Hopefully that's just going to bring in some buzz. We have Justin Turner playing DH. I, I can't believe he's mm-hmm. still in the league. I don't know. This is going to be the, – the, honestly, the the downturn of the Red Sox was them trading Mookie. I don't know why they ever did that. Yeah, it was bad. And you're not, not bringing back Xander. But that's what the Fenway Sports Group by. does. They're doing it to Liverpool right now too. Unfortunately, I support both teams. But that's how they, they do business. They go in for it, all in for you know two to three seasons. And then they – don't want to pay anyone which is fine it's a business strategy it's just frustrating for fans 
Right. I mean, I'd rather them just, I mean, from our point of view, we'd rather them just pay everybody every year. Right. I mean, but like, obviously we're not, yeah, it's not our money. So it's easy for us to say. Right. But also like you want to be competitive, but I think that the problem is with like a team, like a Liverpool or a Red Sox is that they're going to bring in money either way. Right. But, I mean, yeah, I agree. Tough, tough situation for fans, for sure. For sure, but... for sure. But yeah, we are the spring training training champs, and we can always take that whenever we're out of the playoffs come September. I think it'll be before that where we <laughs> knock out. But um, w- one last closing note: Syracuse Orange, they got to win the ACC tournament to make the NCAA tournament. So you know, I'll be rooting for them if they win. I'm assuming they'll go in as a play in eleven seed, which would be could be trouble for anybody. Well, I'll, you know, I wish. The best of luck to the Orangemen. I think that it's always more fun when they're in the tournament because no one can figure out a two-three zone in the tournament. For some, you know, in the regular season, everyone figures it out, and then come the postseason, everyone can't hit anything against it. Uh, but I don't sure. think you're going to get your wish this year. I think they might be out round one of the ACC tournament, but you never know. Yeah, I agree. It could be a quick weekend in uh, quick week in Greensboro, but um, yeah, that's all I got. So you know, as always, the music credit goes out to ACDC, and we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks.